Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 16. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? John, I'm doing great. I just want to make sure our listeners know that we are VMware solution engineers looking to bring you the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. Hopefully the discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. How was that opening for you? It was good, man. I like it. It seems to be working still. Yeah, it was solidly mediocre this week. Solidly mediocre. <laughs> I guess that's better than horribly mediocre. Yeah, that's true. Very, very true. All right, let's get to topics. Um, this week, we are going to be talking about uh, one topic, reasons to not pursue a career opportunity. Uh, this came up from a discussion with one of our listeners who insisted that we cover it, so we're doing it. And uh, it's actually such a, an involved topic that we're going to have to break this up into multiple parts. So this week, uh, we're going to be talking about the pre-application down select. So before you're applying, you know, finding reasons to not continue applying for a position. Uh, part two, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, reasons to not continue pursuing the opportunity uh, while you're interviewing or after the offer is made. So uh, with that in mind, let's get into it. Uh, the before applying phase, right? Just to clarify yet again, we're talking about deciding on the jobs to not submit an application for. Right. So I went to my uh, standard well, right, my uh, my trusty advisors, uh, the Manager Tools podcast, Career Tools podcast, and they have, believe it or not, a 10 chapter podcast series on choosing a company to work for. It is daunting, actually, to, to consider uh, listening to all of it, but I highly recommend that uh that podcast so once again it's it's something that i actually pay a monthly subscription to actually maybe i should switch that to their uh yearly subscription but uh still haven't done it um but uh yeah so you know <laughs> we're going to be uh going over i think four of the actual episodes we're not going to cover every single one of them uh the number one chapter is you know the actual factors that they want um, so it's kind of a table of contents of the the rest of the episodes. Uh, we're also going to do a deep dive into the values section and then culture and then actual opportunities, you know, at the organization. So that's kind of our table of contents. Um, Nick, choosing a company to work for from Manager Tools, Chapter 1, Factors to Consider. And, and believe it or not, <laughs> it is actually a two-part two-part podcast. So it's not just, it's not 10 episodes. It's, it's, I think it's like 14, 15, 16 episodes. So uh, we're not going to spend, you know, all their time, uh, you know, regurgitating their content. We're kind of going to go over the highlights, the things that we um, reacted most strongly to, but we do want to give you all of the, um, the factors, right? 
the the overall factors. Uh, number one was compensation. Number two was values. Three was industry stability. Number four was reputation. Number five was opportunities. Number six was locations. Seven was financials. And eight was customer base. So those were all of the factors that the manager tools people um, thought that you should consider when uh, choosing a company to work for. So, you know, clearly these are reasons to uh, rule a company out, right? Um, so very briefly, let's kind of, you know, we're going to dive, like I said, deep into a few of these, but we do want to address all of them. Compensation, um, Nick, this is kind of a do your research thing, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we both know, John, that it is all about the Benjamins, but an $80,000 offer from company A, it may not be the same as an $80,000 offer from company B, depending on the entire compensation package. So make sure you dig into what that is in terms of stocks, other benefits, insurance, you know, everything that, that you can get from working at that company is all going to factor into how much money will you actually make? And it may not be exactly what the, what the salary says. It's very true. And, you know, some of those things you're really only going to find out, you know, after the offer. So, you know, some of those, some of that analysis we're going to leave to part two, but even if you're just doing general research on a company in the industry, for example, in the cloud computing industry, there is a, a company that's very well known for doing a, a large part of their compensation being stock uh, restricted stock units uh, that you know employees vest into over time, as opposed to actual cash, right? Um, whereas you know other companies will do mostly cash with some restrict, restricted stock units as kind of a bonus, you know, fifteen twenty percent additional bonus. So depending on how you feel, you know, how risky you risk averse you are, you know, maybe that's a, a factor. You're like, oh, wait, 50% of the compensation is through stock. I, you know, maybe that sounds great because I believe in it or, ugh, you know, that sounds very risky and I want to avoid it. The other thing I think that pops into my mind is you really, even just the salary itself, like you can go to organizations or websites like Glassdoor and just look and see what other people in your city with that job title that's being uh, advertised, say they make, right? And you maybe can get an idea of that compensation split that you're talking about, because I think sometimes they'll say, you know, here was the salary, here was, you know, a commission, if it's a commission position, here is the bonus, if there's bonuses involved. Um, so you can get a general idea, and and maybe, you know, some of those things are, are going to rule those companies out. I, Nick, have you ever, like, ruled out a company because you thought, oh, wow, you know, they're, they're going to dramatically underpay me. I, you know, John, <laughs> it's funny. I, I have not interviewed at a lot of places. So I, I don't think I have, you know, mm -hmm. just ruled it out on paper. Mm -hmm. I think I adopted the strategy of, Hey, I really want to work for this company or this kind of company and kind of went after it that way. Right. Right. Didn't. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's one of those things that's difficult to, to rule somebody out until you look at the numbers. Right. Um, so oh, sure. I have to say that, you know, 
a lot of this is in the context of like where you are right now, right? So if you, you know, you're comparing to your current compensation, um, maybe in order to make a move, you feel like you need to take a dramatic step forward, you know, 25% higher or, or more. And so if you look on Glassdoor and you, you see the title and it it's not that, then maybe that's a reason to rule it out. So, Right. And maybe, you know, the company you're working for is never going to pay you what you would be able to get somewhere else. There's a rule. out. Yeah, for that's true, too. Yeah, very, very true. All right. Uh, the second factor is values. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later and, and do a slightly deeper dive on that. Um, next is industry stability. And uh, I think this is definitely something to consider. You know, if the fallacy is, you know, the, the idea that we can see into the future, <laughs> but um, it is it is something to consider, right? Like you might just have like a cursory opinion on how that industry is going to do moving forward. And, you know, if it's strongly negative, then maybe that's a, a company that you stay away from. So I don't know if, you know, you're getting into the buggy whip business, you know, just as uh, cars are coming on, maybe that's a problem, but how do you know that ahead of time? But if you're a, a buggy maintenance technician, as cars are starting to come on, maybe you actually become more valuable. No, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But watch out for the ebbs and flows for sure. You know, look at industry trends and do a little bit of research there and make an, as much of an informed decision as you can. Yeah, yeah. And, and moving and changing jobs is painful. And this is part of why it's painful. We have to kind of step into this area that we're not necessarily experienced in doing, um, you know, making decisions about things that we're not expert in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. So, you know, it's really great to have resources like manager tools to, to kind of help uh, guide you through that process. So next is uh, reputation of the company. And you have a little star by here. You said that you have some opinions on this. Oh, absolutely. It, it is amazing how much the reputation of the company can affect your reputation. I mean, if you work for a company that's that's well-known and seen in a positive light by a lot of people, that could open so many doors that you don't even realize. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience here on that one. But, you know, if the company is is well known for not having fair or ethical business practices. That's also probably going to be a poor reflection on you as you seek to possibly look elsewhere, move up, move out, that kind of thing. It's, it's going to affect you. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that a smaller company is bad, but you definitely have to look at how is the company you're going to go work for perceived, you know, by your peers, by, recruiters, the industry as a whole. Yeah. And I think that you and I have both experienced this at VMware, um, just as our, you know, personal stories. It's like you, you take on a job as a VMware SE and all of a sudden, you know, you're getting a recruiting uh, touch every single week, right? Somebody wants to talk to you. And, um, you know, you're, if you're already validated by a well-regarded organization, then that is kind of like a shortcut for every single other organization that needs that skill set. And then on the flip side, you know, the, the thing that pops into my mind is I think a, 
a company had a well-known um, uh, incident where they were started to be perceived as um, very, very tolerant of sexual harassment. And as a result, you know, people started taking it off their resumes, right? And, and uh, they went through a, a talent crunch until they're able to kind of get past that. Um, so if you have, you know, the, you have to consider the, the reputation of the company. Um, so, you know, another, you know, keep your, keep your eye on the news and, and see what, what is going on inside that company. Um, and it's a good reason for companies to, to watch their internal culture too. And I honestly think that this one, although it seems simple enough, it may be something we don't always think about if we're hot and heavy, want to get out of where we are. We just, you know, I just fix servers, John. Like I, I want to work on the servers and work on the technology. And maybe I didn't think a whole lot about this or some of the other factors. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that we feel like the shine can come with us and, uh, you know, you, the, concern is some of the stink can come with us too. So uh, <laughs> um, not to dwell that a little bit too much, but um, it is definitely something that you should consider. It's a, definitely a reason to rule an organization out, you know, to, to not apply is if they have a negative reputation and you're concerned about, you know, that reputation being attached to you. So uh, next up opportunities, and we're, we're going to dive into that you know, a little bit further, um, a little bit later on in the podcast, um, but worth touching on. Uh, and then next up, locations. Um, so that can mean a, a bunch of different things. You know, if you're applying for a position that's, you know, based in a specific place, then, you know, you have to take into consideration where that office is. I remember we interviewed uh, Tom Delicati a couple episodes ago, and he mentioned, you know, specifically choosing organizations that were convenient to where he and his wife could both uh, commute reasonably. Right. And his wife had already selected a position. And so that ruled out maybe some organizations that were, you know, clear on the other side of town that would require a three hour commute, a daily commute. So um, I don't know. Is, has this affected you at all? I Oh, absolutely. So, you know, now I, I work from home when I'm not out visiting customers, but uh, I came to VMware from a job where I was commuting an hour to an hour and a half each way. And then before that, Oof. I worked at a job that's five minutes from my house right now. So most people, when I told the, the company two jobs ago that I was leaving to go work in Dallas, they thought I was insane. And so did all my new coworkers. <laughs> like, you drove an hour to get here. But for me, the opportunity cost was of not doing it was too great. I mean, it was a chance to do something different and, and I was okay with taking the commute and the, the extra time that it cost me. Uh, one of the thing I'll tell people is just remember if you're in an area that has tolls, you might want to think about, or at least ask about, does the company pay for tolls? <laughs> Otherwise you yeah. could be spending a lot more of that salary than you thought. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it, it affects your, your compensation if you have to, in order to get to and from work at a reasonable time, have to spend additional, you know, 10 to $20 a day just on your commute, right? So I think that, uh, I think that, that that's really important. I, it's interesting that you, uh, 
got that, you know, you, you had your eyes wide open when you selected that new position, even though it was an hour commute each way, right? So I think the worst case scenario is to not consider it and then take the new position. And then you start the first day and you go, oh, wait a minute. This is two more hours out of my day that I wasn't considering. And then it's too late. Yeah. I mean, I was doing analysis of, okay, how much am I paying on gas now? How do I think that will change based on the commute? And what's the cost in money? What's the cost in time? How do I how do I use that commute time efficiently to get something accomplished? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So so doing that type of, of thinking, considered thinking about a uh, a company, you know, when you're considering the opportunity is critically important. And and for some reasons, you know, it can be, it can actually rule out the organization. You can go, well, you know, my, my radius, my strict radius is a 20 minute drive. And these people, it might be, you know, great in other ways, but it's too far away. And, you know, maybe I could move, but then I would need this much more money because it's going to cost that much more to move. So it's all part of the, the complete package, right? Sure. And if you're moving out of state, is relocation covered? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I remember when I took this position, I was moving from Southern California to Northern California. And so, you know, that was a, a concern to me, you know, like, is there some kind of way to compensate me or, um, you know, make it less onerous to, to pick up and move if I really am the, the best person for the job. So next up is financials. Uh, this is actually really interesting because it's part of what we both do as part of our job is to kind of dive into public companies and read their financial statements and, and, you know, to figure out what they're concerned about and things like that. And I don't think that I did that before either of the last two jobs that I took. And and it really was an oversight. It was something maybe I just didn't know how to do. How about you? Yeah, same boat. Never even thought to consider it. Yeah, yeah. But if you, you know, if you are considering working for a public company, they on a quarterly basis uh, publish their financial statement. Um, there's a document called a 10K. And you can even Google like how to read a 10K and uh, kind of pull out the most important things. You know, there's things like the biggest risks the company thinks they face. Uh, that, those are disclosed in the document. How much cash they have on hand, uh, how much debt they have. Um, all of those things for a public company are published and are just right up front. So um, definitely something to consider before you uh, you you go to work for them. If they're incredibly in debt, um, maybe that's a red flag. Um, you know, so just something to consider a little bit of extra work, but it's a good job skill anyway. And then finally the customer base, um, that is actually something for a public company that's in a 10 K as well. Um, you know, how big is it? Is it growing? Is it, is it shrinking? What are the demographics? I think is something that they touched on. So all those things are important. Um, but those are all the factors and, and part of the process is to figure out, you know, what the total package is together. And again, early on in the process, when you're just considering 
whether or not you should actually apply for the organization. Maybe you're not doing as much of the work. Maybe you're not digging into the 10K and and strictly looking at, you know, um, making a strong decision, you know, based on, you know, 20 hours of, of financial analysis just to decide whether or not to apply, right? But um, it, it is worth it to do uh, a little bit of work ahead of time and figure out how these uh, factors interact uh, for you. I think that you mentioned, for example, you know, maybe you'd be willing to travel a little bit more, you know, based on uh, some intangibles like like opportunity for advancement and exposure to new things. Absolutely. Another good thing might be to check their uh, their job postings page. Like how how many openings do they have right now? Is it a lot? Is it just a yeah. few? And that's some indicator of do they have the money to bring on additional staff? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, what's an, an interesting additional thing is like how, if you take a snapshot of a company's like, you know, open positions um, and maybe, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to kind of log roll for myself. I, I take a snapshot of all of VMware's open positions um, every Saturday. So if you go to my LinkedIn page, you know, for a little bit, uh, expand that down. You can look at all the different opportunities we have available. Um, this week it was 1800. Last week it was 1803, right? Did it shrink by two? No, it actually was like, you know, a, a couple, maybe a hundred positions were filled or at least taken down. And then, you know, a couple hundred, you know, a hundred more were posted. So at least in my mind, that speaks to like health, right? Um, if, the company's growing, they're going to have kind of a stable group of open requisitions. And if it's, you know, growing and growing and growing, you're going to see more and more and more. Um, so you need to, you know, read about that in context, right? All right, let's dive into their third chapter, um, values. So this was a little bit of an interesting thing, for, at least for me to consider, because it requires some introspection, right? Um, they have three steps. You have to choose what your values are. Um, so that's the the introspection, you know, like what what's important to me? And then you have to decide which one of those, uh, which ones of those apply to where you work and then use those to consider. Um, and, and maybe you want to rule some things out. For example, like, you know, me, personal value, like, um, I actually don't have a problem with people who smoke, but I probably couldn't work for a tobacco company. And that's just, that's just me personal value. Right. Um, I don't know, you know, where that actually comes from, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, I drew a line somewhere and, and I know that about myself. And so, you know, just ruling a couple things out. I think you know, for example, people have personal values that they sometimes are not going to bring to work. Um, and that's an important thing, too, to make that distinction, deciding which of these values actually apply to work. And I think I think I mentioned this to you before we started, Nick. For example, some people have like a rich, like personal spiritual life, but it's not important to them to work in that industry 
of spirituality. They don't need to work for the church that they are a member of. For some people, it is actually quite important, but not everybody, right? Right. And that's a great example. You know, if we back up just a second, John, I I actually wonder how many of us really know what our values are. Could we write down what they are so that we can do some analysis and see which ones apply to work? You know, I I think it's a good exercise to really take some time and, and think that through before you go through these other steps. Just like you said, you know, it may not be something that I must have in my work life, but it is a value that's important to me just in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is important. And, you know, your values as a whole, you know, that's always important to kind of know. And then again, which ones of those things are important personally, but not professionally and which ones are actually quite important professionally. Right. Um, And then see if there's a, a values mismatch you know, with some of the the organizations that you're applying for. Again, this goes back to the reputation thing that we talked about. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, larger organizations especially are, are, it seems to be something that's very common these days, will publish their values, right? And you can go and take a look at them and say, you know, I agree or disagree, or this doesn't apply to me, or you know, this one's not important to me, but it's, it's critically, you know, this one that they have is critically important to me. So it's great. Or, you know, Ooh, this is a huge conflict. You know, I, I, I have a problem with this and it's actually going to rule out me applying. You can actually kind of grade the company on that. Are they walking the walk that they're talking? You know, what's been in the news about what the company is doing with its investments or with its time? Are they, showing and and doing things that are in line with the values that they've stated as an organization. You know, maybe maybe not uh, you know one one person or two people here but just as a whole, you know, did they have a team of folks that went and did a special service project because service is really important to the company, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting that you say that and I think it it can bring up other things. Again, me, I'm trying to make this personal to me. Uh, For example, I said, I don't think I could work for a tobacco company. Could I work for a company that sold products to a tobacco company? Clearly, I've decided that that's okay because I do. I I assume that VMware doesn't have a problem with, you know, selling our technology to to large uh, organizations where somewhere, you know, in their consumer packaged goods, they have uh, tobacco products. So, um, you know, you have to figure out where to draw that line too, right? Cool. So that's uh, kind of our discussion of values. And uh, I think it is complementary to also think about company culture when you're, when you're applying to these organizations. Um, there was no actual podcast that was titled Culture and Cultural Considerations, but uh, the chapter seven of this podcast series, again, we're going to provide links, had additional questions for things uh, for you to think about as you're, you're selecting companies to, you know, possibly work for. And it was super interesting because all of the things, at least in my mind, spoke to um, personal value and culture, um, organizational culture. 
And uh, so that is kind of why I thought that maybe we should, you know, relabel this uh, section about company culture, maybe team culture too. Um, and this again kind of uh, came from the initial uh, seed for this uh, episode. I had a uh, uh, a person reach out to me, said, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. Um, here's something that happened to me. I decided not to." pursue an opportunity because um, of the things that are important to me, you know, my personal values. I, I've, I've gotten past the point where I'm working, you know, scrambling for money. I'm, I'm a little bit in a place where I'm slightly more comfortable and I have a cushion and I need to consider the other parts of work, like um, oriented towards my future career path, um, you know, values uh, of the organization that match my values, um, meaningful work, uh, not just highly compensated work. So um, it, it triggered in my mind this, uh, or actually I think the person uh, mentioned uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, directly, and we'll put a link there. Um, they, you know, Maslow had this idea of like, you know, here's your, your needs at, at the base is like physiological needs. It's like, you know, life, breathing, uh, food. And then above that is safety. So I think that was where we're kind of thinking about economic safety and then love and belonging and then esteem and then self-actualization. So as you get some more of the things below, um, you know, or higher priority on the hierarchy, you can start to think um, a little bit more about things like esteem and self-actualization. So you know, this requires like a little bit of, of self-examination. Um, and I think the kind of questions that I came up with were, you know, who am I and what does my job reflect about me? Um, when I'm considering a position and deciding whether or not to apply for it, what is this position, you know, does this position mesh with my values? Um, how does this position fit with my future plans? Um, and, and those are kind of, you know, higher order things that you worry about after you're a little bit more stable. Um, you have a little bit of money in the bank and you're not, you know, in screaming debt, right? So the questions that were in the manager tools uh, podcast episode were, is there anything else that's important to me? Uh, what if I liked and disliked about jobs in the past? What conditions bring out the best in me? What experience relationships do I want to cultivate? Um, so again, in my mind, this speaks to, you know, a little bit of extension on values and, and maybe leads a little bit more to the culture of the organization that you're applying to. Um, and, and I think it, you know, there are important questions to, to ask and answer. Um, I don't know, Nick, do those bring out any like, you know, screaming, uh, uh, reactions in you, like something that, that immediately when I, you know, run through that question, like, you, you know, an answer pops into your head. Well, when, in, especially the one that says, you know, what have I liked or disliked about jobs in the past? I really like the ability to, to some extent, choose my own adventure on the type of work that I get to do. You know, in some cases you get, all right, here's exactly what you're going to do. And someone's in charge of that and feeding it to you. And you don't really have any freedom but it's that freedom to maybe work on something different that can really grow you and keep you more engaged with the company. So that's, you know, if, if that's something you enjoy, it's definitely something I enjoy. 
then that's something that you definitely want in a new job and hopefully consider that. And some of that you may be able to see in the job description, but some of it you may have to wait and find out in the interview process, like we said. What about uh, conditions that bring out the best in me? Yeah, I'll tell you, John, I had this little hack at one of my former employers where I would actually move my lunch hour so that I could be more productive. There was just so much work coming in that while everyone else was taking lunch, I was hammering away at closing tickets and I'd take a later lunch because I could, Uh because I had the flexibility and I, I was able to be more productive and I, I thought, okay, you know, that, that's a, that's a nice little hack that I can apply. And if I just don't schedule lunch and take it once I get to a certain point of productivity, then okay, cool. And I, you know, it made me happy that I had that flexibility. Yeah, I think I remember writing down at a certain point, I might have talked about this in the podcast uh, previously, that I wanted to work with really smart people who disagree with me and who are smart in a way that are is different from me, right? To kind of push me in different areas. So um, I can definitely, you know, think of those hacks and, and think of those things that, you know, are help you do work, right? And for me, it was being challenged, you know, by somebody who disagreed with me. I, I can definitely see how, um, you know, flexible schedule, you know, sometimes that's flexible, flexible start time too, right? Flexible end time. You know, what if in order to be super productive, you want to come in at six in the morning and work kind of uninterrupted for two hours? You know, that's that can be like something that is um, – you know, adds to the total package. So, you know, a lot of that information doesn't come out before you apply, before you're in the interview process and can, can talk to somebody about that. But, you know, those are the things to kind of consider before you apply and, and, and have it on the list of things that, that you're going to go into those interviews asking about. Yeah. And if you really start thinking about them as you're looking to apply, it'll be so much easier to remember to ask those questions when the time comes. You know, this is a lot of information to consider everybody as we're going through it, but really this is to help you learn the thought process behind what's the best approach for me in the, um, how, how do I know if I should even apply, but we're going to take that to the next level next week. And how do I navigate when it's time to do the interview and beyond? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I do like the exp- uh, question about, experience and relationships too. Um, you know, I think one of the decisions, you know, things that was in my mind when I was applying at VMware, for example, um, was the variety of roles inside VMware and variety of roles that I had no idea what the differentiation was. So I think I was applying for a system engineering role, but then I saw that they had solution, you know, solution architect roles. And I didn't understand what the difference was, um, you know, within the organization and the ability to interact with, you know, somebody at that different tier once it was explained to me. And then, you know, there was another position that was called tech marketing. I was like, well, what is that? And that different one, product marketing or technical product marketing, all these, this variety of, of positions and and people with different areas of expertise, that was pretty important to me. And it's just, you know, I think as I roll forward, you know, I don't plan on on switching organizations or roles, but 
you know, if I were, then that would be something that I would consider. People that are smart, again, different from me, and then different roles that can help me grow. So, Yeah, I'll say I actually really enjoy being part of a larger team. You know, in times past, I had only been part of a small team of maybe three or four. Not that that's a bad thing and didn't help me quite a bit. But as I've grown to be a part of this larger team, it, I have so many people who do what I do that I can learn from that are not necessarily just out in the IT community, maybe in a different industry, but they, they're in the same industry, same company, and we can share strategies on on how to get better daily even. I I really, really love that. And I've not met anybody who wasn't willing to answer my question, even if I thought it was dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's all part of company culture too, right? Um, and sometimes you can read about it ahead of time. Sometimes they'll publish, you know, their values and you're not quite sure how, if they're living up to them. But all of those things go into a decision to apply or not apply. And I actually want to mention that we we talked about company culture earlier on in episode four. So we'll put a link to episode four. And um, I don't think that I listened to that before we started talking about this. So I sure hope that we are saying similar things or complimentary things and not directly oppositional things, because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> Let the listener be the judge. Yeah. Tweet at us. <laughs> All right. And uh, finally, chapter six of the, uh, the 10 chapters um, from Manager Tools, opportunities. And, and this was actually really interesting because I expected it to be about um, the, maybe the volume of opportunities and, and, and things like that that are at the company, but it was slightly different. Um, the first things, I think they seem to be focusing in on the opportunities that the company had in relationship to the marketplace, um, but a little bit about uh, corporate opportunity as well. So I think they first talked about um, economic indicators uh, and marketplace indicators, like how much cash and debt were they carrying? Um, where is the the product in the marketplace? Uh, have you read the company reports, as we mentioned, and, and you know, what perks were available and, and what things were important there? Um, th and they actually wanted people to look past those things. Again, it's worth going and listening to the entire episode. I'm just grossly summarizing here, and uh, there's so much subtlety. Um, it's just really worth a listen. Um, but they wanted... They wanted the listeners to, to look for more subtle indicators. Um, institutionalized development. Now we're getting into, you know, back into company culture. How important is developing people that are that are already employees? Uh, I don't know, Nick. I think I probably sold you on that when I was saying, hey, you should apply for this job at VMware, right? The Just the amount of uh, development that you're expected to do as a solution engineer. Oh yeah, we we talked about the the massive amounts of training that were waiting for me on day one, and that still come to me, you know, once a quarter. And I love that. I love the fact that development is encouraged. You know, you, not at every place do you get that same encouragement from the top. 
And, uh, you know, the non-existence of that may be a red flag about the company that they don't believe in developing their people as much as maybe they should. And that, that aspect can definitely be something that may cause an employee to leave. You know, we, we did talk about in the episode 12 about the effective one-on-one meetings with your manager about, you know, your development plan and how to talk about your career journey with your manager and that that's a separate conversation. So if those conversations are not ones that you're having now or not encouraged to have, you know, think about that. Is that a bad sign? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I had forgotten that we talked about development and one-on-one. So um, maybe another, you know, as you're moving forward, um, we, maybe next week we'll talk about, uh, you know, in that interview process, how to inquire about that. Um, but again, you know, Glassdoor, um, on the, in the company's, you know, about us page, you know, they'll, you know, they should say something about how important internal development is and how a part of a company culture it is. So, you know, again, rolling forward as you, as you maybe get into that interview process, you could ask, you know, how, how often people advance, right? And um, maybe you're asking things like, you know, your manager, uh, how many people have been promoted off the manager's team, right? <laughs> and and then find out if the manager is proud of that, you know, if that they view that as a as an area of success or not. Right? Um, Keep in mind also, you know, you might find some information about some of these things on Glassdoor, but if you know someone or maybe know someone who knows someone that works at the company, you might be able to ask them some of these questions when you're looking to apply, you know, even before the interview process and they, you know, could give you some info and then you ask the same kinds of questions in the interview and see if you get the same answers. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. You know, is that confirmed throughout the organization with the different people that you talk to? And then back to economic indicators, uh, you know, the manager tools, people are looking for, steady, successful growth. Um, that might be applicable to you as somebody who's an applicant, maybe not, maybe you're applying and are, are concentrating on the startup world, you know, so maybe debt levels and, and profit and cash on, you know, well, cash on hand is still important even in startup world, but, you know, maybe, you know, steady, steady growth is, is not what you're looking for in that startup world, but it, it really, depends on the industry that you're in, you know, and, and you want to benchmark that and, and find out where the organization is there. Um, maybe in the startup world, you know, money raising is, is something that, you know, they, you need to uh, think about as a metric. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's an, it was a very interesting series of podcasts. Um, I definitely uh, went through and listened to a bunch of those like over the years, right? I certainly didn't listen to them all at once, um, but I would highly recommend uh, going and listening to, even if you're just going to start, start with the um, the factors, uh, chapter one, it's in two parts, but, you know, very, very good listen. Uh, and chapter six opportunities, again, we, we really only had time to kind of grossly summarize and, and react to some of those things, definitely worth a listen for you uh, to, to get some of the details. So um, 
Any other reactions, Nick, uh, before we uh, move on? Well, I, you know, I just feel bad for the listeners that we're leaving them in another cliffhanger situation here, but Hey, that's the way it has to be. And you know what? There's no reason why you can't go and listen to those 10 manager podcasts, manager tools podcast between now and next week. There's, there's time folks think about your commute. (laughs) But one other thing I'll say, John, you know, you mentioned growth. If, if you're out there and you're looking for more growth than you have now, as you decide whether you're going to apply for a company, there's no reason you can't reach out DM at Nerd Journey to join the John White School of Mentoring and help you get to where you need to be. That's that's one thing I just needed to make sure I mentioned. You uh, you got me there. I I did not know that's what you were going to say. I was completely taken, and I was like, "Oh, he has something really interesting." Nope, same joke. <laughs> why why do I not expect that joke now? Why? I don't know. Why do I keep on falling for that? (laughs) I I try to work in at different times when you least expect it just to see how it works. seems to be working. Well, it's working great. (laughs) Well, I think that's it for that segment. And as a result, all the topics that we had planned. Um, I'm not even going to ask you if you have anything else. Uh, All right. Time to land the plane. Just a reminder that we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. You heard it. This segment was from a listener question. So if you have one, fire it away. DM at Nerd Journey. We'll be happy to try and tackle it for you. That's right. We're collectively on Twitter at Nerd Journey. So that's where you DM us. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at V Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore signing off. Adios. Adios.